Hi, welcome. This is Dr. John Demartini. This is one of the most amazing and inspiring shows that you can listen into. If you want to be on the edge of your seats, if you want to open up your heart, if you want to expand your mind, and you want to meet incredible people, stay tuned because you're just about to experience a transformative radio show that will change your life. And you're listening to the Dr. Pat Show is coming up right next. Welcome to the Dr. Pat Show. Talk radio to thrive by. Powerful, inspiring, and coming to you live, bringing you stories of people like you and me, busting through and living life full out. Get ready to dare to wonder what your life would be like if you knew you could not fail. Wow. Hey, everybody. Welcome. It's so great to have all of you tune us in and turn us on. Today, I am honored to have Dr. Lisa Collins joining me here today. And something about what y'all may or may not know is I get to spend time with our hosts, our co-hosts, like way before we actually do a show. And it's really special time. For me, I get asked the question, what is it about this that keeps you rolling, Pat? Um, I said, first of all, good supplements, Dr. Darvish and my great people that I get to collaborate with. This is what I want you to know about my very special co-host today. You know, when I think about people and I think about healing frameworks, I think about people like Dr. Collins, who is out in the world and looking at how we heal and create healing frameworks. See, this is the next frontier for me, folks to create healing frameworks. But what about healing frameworks for racial trauma? What about the people of color and, and, and non-people non of color? What about everyone? This is what she does. And when I say what she does, you're going to hear from her. She's a medium, a spiritual writer, a playwright, she uses spiritual gifts, spiritual talents. She uses what we talked about yesterday, because everything is energy. And to quote Carolyn Mace, that energy becomes a tissue issue. And so in the world, it is really hard to do a work around, as they say in programming, when it comes to this. Today's show is about healing from racial trauma. Racial and racial relations, they play a role in every aspect of our society and in the world. And today, you're going to hear from her what that means, what powers her up to move forward, and what we now need to learn. Healing from racial trauma with my co-host today, Dr. Lisa Collins. Wow. Dr. Lisa, come on. Dr. Pat, so wonderful. Thank you for having me on your show. I've, I'm very honored to be here to talk about this very important and timely yeah. topic. Um, I learned something, you know, been on the planet for a few years and did a lot of stuff on the planet. You know, literally, my partner at the time thought I had like a, 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 a poster sign attached to my body because every day, every week I was out with some kind of sign doing something. But I want to ask you this question. We are here now. We are in 2021, getting ready to go 2022. Give me from your perspective what you see as the landscape that you are tapping into. 
because you're on the pulse of it. And what is the pulse that we are now looking at for racial trauma? Well, great question. I think the landscape right now is that everyone seems to dislike each other for either race or gender or whatever political persuasion. And that constant dislike and judgment really harms ourselves. So we have to really pull back and the goal is oneness. Well, oneness with who? Oneness with yourself first and then in community. If I looked at each person like they were whole, then how would we be able to move forward? Would we be able to look at each other and care for each other? So the first thing that we have to do is kind of pull back and am I carrying some stuff behind me in my backpack that I need to take care of before I start looking at other people and then creating these healing communities of support? And as you are out in the world, and first of all, let me also mention, um, not only are you here to talk with us about this, but you have researched this. You are and have <laughs> published this, right? And so we're looking at information now coming forward where we are defining racial trauma, right? Let's start with that because a lot of times people don't get a sense of what that means, right? Or we form a perspective about it and we don't even have a clue about the depth and the breadth of that. Um, educate us. Tell us about what racial trauma is, what you found, what you discovered, what you researched. Um, absolutely. I researched myself, my own lived experience. Um, I didn't know I was the subject until I heard a voice say, you are the subject. And so I looked at my lived experience in three different organizations over a period um, within 10 years. And I looked at what I experienced. What I found were six things, uh, systemic oppression, um, settler colonialism, um, trauma, um, uh, also healing, and um, there's something else in there, organizational trauma. And then that shrunk down to three groups, systemic oppression, trauma, and healing. And in that healing, I experienced racialized trauma five times more than healing. Mm. The American um, the American Psychology Association defines racial trauma as something that's a nuance. Trauma happens in the body, but this kind of trauma is different because you can't necessarily talk about it. It could be by seeing someone else experience it and then the continued lack of the invisibilization of it and the continual perpetuation of it. It affects your body, of course, because trauma happens in your body. It's a response to a harm. And, you know, I, I want to talk about this too, if you could just mention this. So there are things that happen to us as individuals that are traumatic. Let me just throw that term out, right? Okay, what would be traumatic? Um, traumatic for me would be you know, watching a car almost roll over a hill with my best friend in it, but it's a one-time event. See, what we're talking about is the ever-pounding accumulation of living with this every day. Every, every day. day. Being afraid every day. Every day. Every day. Going to pick up, um, I went to pick up takeout. And I walked in and said, hey, I'm Lisa. I'm here to pick up takeout. 
And the young man who looked around in his 20s looked at me and just pointed outside. He just pointed and I kind of followed his finger and he said the pickup window is outside. He didn't say, hey, Lisa, I don't know if you've ever been to our restaurant before, but we usually do pickups outside. Let me check and see if your order is ready. That's a humanistic way to talk to someone. Yeah. And, you know, isn't it interesting that here we live in this year and people think it is okay to talk like that now? It's like, so we went through this period, or at least I went through this period in my corporate career, Dr. Lisa, I went through a period of a new level of awareness. I went through a period, and, and, and by the way, we were in that phone company, we were part of one of the first levels of sensitivity training. And I'm, I'm talking like before Est and everything else. I'm talking about Mr. Harvey coming in there, and boy, that was like 10 days of that. But we learned some things. Have we forgotten our humanity at some level here? Absolutely. Absolutely. We're not human. And I, you know, I'm, I teach at Lewis and Clark College and I was with my students last night and showed them a small clip around genocide from Exterminate All the Brutes. It's on HBO. And they were in shock. We have to pull the blanket off. Yeah, we do. We're going to be okay, but yeah. we do need to pull the blanket off. Yeah. And uh, let's just let's just have a moment and talk about what that blanket is. Because you and I have talked, and I was sharing with, <laughs> sharing with you that I'm doing my own little study that's like not research methods. Like, you, you know, I mean, you and I are both researchers, so we understand the protocol, right? But my own, let's just call it Gallup poll on a few things, because I work with women. Um, and, and so I had asked a question of large groups of women, all walks of life, no high school, high school, college advanced degrees. And I just asked a simple question. I said, hey, do you know about the equal pay bill that was in the Senate? Oh, really great. Yeah, no, it didn't pass. It was equal pay for women. And you can look it up. Patty Murray, our senator was like cheering, you know, I said, did you know that you were on the table, you were on the Senate this year and could have had equal pay? One out of 20 knew. Is that the blanket we're talking about pulling back here, Dr. Lisa? Absolutely. It is absolutely the blanket. The Washington Post just had an um, um, uh, article about school boards and how school boards have become this contentious thing over teaching about the history of our nation, the colonialism. It's the same yelling I saw in the Washington Post that I saw as the Little Rock Nine was walking, the same face, the same hatred is still there. So we need to call it what it is. Yep. Um, We're gonna take a short break when we come back. Dr. Lisa Collins gonna take us on a journey And that journey, we're going to dig deeply for those of you out there and just, of course, for the social media auditors that are listening to this, we are going to take excerpts from the 2019 American Psychology Published Special Edition, Racial Trauma Theory, Research and Healing. We're going to talk about that. And then we're going to talk about how that research literally verifies, validates personal experiences in life. 
for all of us. And Dr. Lisa Collins is going to take us on a journey of how this is not an issue for one color or another, for one genity identity or another, for one ethnicity group or another. It is alive and well. And then we're going to talk about later in the show what we can do. Because why? She's here in the house, Dr. Lisa Collins. Let's take a short break, everybody. We'll be right back. Hi, everyone. I'm Dr. Pat. I'm the host of the Dr. Pat Show. Hey, look, some of us are outwardly successful, but inwardly feel unhappy and living a life lacking purpose and meaning. Well, The Necktie and the Jaguar by Carl Greer can help you discover what's important to you and how to reach out and go for it. For more information or to purchase the book, go to transformationtalkradio.com or go to carlgreer.com. Imagine starting your week off with a teaching, a clearing, and an activation direct from the God consciousness. If you would like to feel more in charge of your week ahead, then I personally invite you to join me, Tracy L. Clark, for our monthly Soul Sunday non-denominational service at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, online or in person. All donations for this event go to the TLC Initiative Fund to help those in need. Sign up now at tracylclark.com and let's connect together in the glory realm. Welcome to Soul Activation Podcast, a world-class broadcast of insight and inspiration with the renowned healer and coach, Suzanne Alexandria. In this series, she dives deep into the magical sea of you, to the place in you that's ready to activate. Tune in live every second and fourth Monday at 2 p.m. Pacific, 5 p.m. Eastern on TransformationTalkRadio.com. We figured by the time we turned 50, we kind of had life figured out, but we were not prepared for the realities of midlife. Tune in to, and that's when I realized, the truth and comedy of midlife with me, Susan Dolce. And me, Leon Dyer, every second and fourth Thursday at 1 p.m. Pacific on TransformationTalkRadio.com. You're not alone in these challenges, and sometimes you just gotta laugh. Find us at SusanDolce.com and LeonDyer.com. Stuck in a roundabout of dysfunction? Stop circling around difficult issues and find out what's been holding you back. Learn how to speak your truth to power with host Dr. Kathy O'Bear. Create real change with smart tools and smart strategies. No frills, no fluff, just life-changing conversations to help get you where you want to be. Extend your reach and become an agent for real change with Kathy O'Bear. For more information on Kathy and her work, please visit drkathyobear.com. That's drkathyobear.com. Are you ready to get big and live your life out loud? Tune in to Get Big Out Loud Radio, exploring life through the lens of curiosity and compassion. With me, Carrie Knudsen, joining Dr. Pat live every second Monday at 10 a.m. Pacific on TransformationTalkRadio.com. I will offer ideas to transform what you are thinking into conscious action. If you want to get big and live your life out loud, visit me at KnudsenSpeaks.com. Hey, everybody, welcome back. It's so great to have all of you tune us in and turn us on. Very special day here with Dr. Lisa Collins, but we also have Jessica joining us here, Olivia and Benny. I love how it does take a village. But today, this is something that is a must. This is like not even negotiable, healing from racial trauma. 
And, you know, before we go a little bit deeper in here and see what it is to see what we've learned and to see what to do about it, how do people, Dr. Lisa, find out about you? How do they plug into what you're doing? How do they work with you? How do they tell their bosses about you? (laughs) (laughs) Well, yes, they can find me on educationthroughengagement.com. You can follow me on Lisa C. Healing on Instagram, and I'm also Ed Through Engage on Twitter. Um, let's talk about the idea of, uh, of healing, but let's talk about what your reference is and what you discovered in this article, this published article, because it is beyond powerful. Give us the description, if you would, of what they describe. Let's talk about the language they're using in this article, because that is enough to blow you away. Yes, um, this particular that they did a special edition on this is uh, amazing. And really what I pulled from their um, from their work was that the trauma does live in the body, that it's not only that it not only is for yourself, but for other people, that it immobilizes you, it paralyzes you, it affects your mental health. It affects your physical well-being and you don't know how to move forward. And it's compounded over and over and over again. Yeah. And let's talk about what we mean by compounded over and over and over again, because I want to give people a real sense of this. You know, there's a conversation about compounding over and over and over again. And we use that word when we're talking about financial stuff, interest, right? And when we hear about interest and we hear about the financial stuff, right, we have a sense of it and we realize the impact of it. It's overwhelming. It's like, what? You really do that? You, what are you compounding every day? You're going to take my dollar amount and you're going to pile this interest rate on it. Okay, for real, like every day? See, that's the equivalent of what we're talking about. We're talking about a way not, you know, there is no exit strategy here. If this is you, you're not going to be able to disappear unless you do disappear. This is every day. And that is a level of trauma that I don't even think we know in research, especially in my field, how to really describe, do we? I, I don't think so. And let's, let's, let's just situate it a little bit more. So you have the historical trauma, you have an individual trauma, a collective trauma, a historical trauma, a cultural trauma, you have a participatory trauma, dignity violations, and then you have this compounded over a period of time in your family. You have generational trauma. So all of this comes to me being at work and someone is poking the bear. They're watching me. They're um, creating documents for just me to fill out. They're on top of me every second of the day. And that eventually gave me high blood pressure. Yeah. And we're not talking about, just to be clear, if you can imagine yourself as somebody that you are literally in a room, you're in this room, here you are, and it doesn't matter what color you are. I want all of you to just take this little walk with us for a minute. I just now have put you in the room. And every minute that you're in that room, You are being told you're not good enough, you're not smart enough, you're not white enough, you're not this enough, you're not talented enough, and every day you're hearing it. And then somebody comes in that room and demonstrates to you by their behavior 
that you're not enough. And then they come into the room and they do something to you physically that reminds you that you basically are not enough every day. I just want you all to feel this, right? Imagine this. There's no escape for you. There's no door in the back of that room. There's just you now in the room. Maybe it's a week. Maybe it's just a week. But every day and every minute of the day, you don't know who's coming in. You don't know what they're going to say. You don't know what they're going to do. You don't know if they're going to put you up against the wall and touch you physically. You don't know dot, 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 fill in the blanks. How did I describe that, Dr. Lisa? Perfect. That is a perfect description. And after a while, you start to hear what Sherry Hubert calls the critic saying, it was your fault. Mm -hmm. If only you would have done this. Mm -hmm. So you try harder. You work 15 hours instead of 12. And then you push yourself beyond, beyond, beyond. And after a while, someone says, well, you know what? Joe's really not performing well. By the matrix, he's not working out. I think we're gonna have to get rid of Joe. Why can't we recruit and retain? There's a reason why. The organizational culture is unhealthy. Yeah. Let's talk about why this needs to be healed. Because... People say, heal what, right? How many times people say that to you? They do. I, I, I don't ask them at the beginning. I kind of show them first. And so they're on board. <laughs> Some people on, are a little thicker board. than others, right? <laughs> they, when they feel it, there's something that we do when we have training sometimes called the chaos activity. Mm-hmm. And we have people together and they call each other's name, each other's name and they throw a ball. Like we have a sequence they go through, but mm-hmm. the sequence starts to get more and more and more. And it gets really, and they feel it in their bodies, the yeah. chaos. And then we take a person away and then they have a sequence they're following and they can't follow the sequence anymore. And then afterwards people are just a mess. It's like that. Yeah. We have to feel it in our bodies that's why we need to heal. We mm-hmm. can't heal from the head. We need to heal from the heart. Yeah. And we need to talk about the strategies you're talking about for trauma awareness. You know, as a kid, myself and my sister were jumped. I lived in New York in the Bronx. And you know, what do I mean by jump? Well, you're walking down the street and a gang walks up to you and they just, they do what gangs do, right? The stuff you see on TV, that's like for real. That's for real. Like when you see something like that on a TV, that's like what happens sometimes for people like me in the neighborhood I grew up in. And all I can remember from that event is a razor blade coming at my sister's neck and my face. And my sister was very lucky because the razor blade, she had a leather I don't know what it was called. I don't know what you call it. Like the top was leather and the rest was something, a skirt or something. And all I remember is that razor missing her face and cutting the jumpsuit. I can see that today so vividly clear. See, that's one event. Now, have I done some work on this? You bet. But then I grew up in the city. So there's a lot of things that you get used Mm -hmm. to. We get numb about things. Can you talk about the numbness that happens 
not just to the people that are affected and traumatized, but the numbness that comes from people not willing to remove the mask. See, part of this to me is if we were willing to at least pull the mask back, pull the sheet back, pull the curtain back, you know, just take a look at the wizard behind the curtain for a minute. If we are just willing to do that a little bit, boy, the progress, right? What do you think? The, the consciousness, absolutely. Because what we're talking about when a trauma happens, it forms a neural net. And in the neural net is the trauma and the protector is outside. So it's almost like we're living in a country where the protector is stopping and saying, no, we can't talk about this. No, I feel shame. Well, where did that shame come from? Where did that shame come from? We have to dispel the trauma so all that energy can go to good. And I just feel like we're walking around with all of these cancerous cells in our bodies as a, as a community. And Dr. King said it better than anybody. Love does that. Hate does yeah. not do that. Love does yeah. that. Yeah. Um, let me ask you this question and let's talk about it when we come back from break. Um, it's really interesting something that's happening right now in our pop culture. There are more movies, television series, I don't know what you call them now, docuseries, the Netflix, the Apple TV, all of them. There's more of them about alien invasions than I can remember. But the theme that's happening with them is showing us come together. Showing us come together. Now, I don't know if there's a message in that. I don't know if there's a strategy in that. I don't know if it's just our pop culture just trying to give us a little BW around that. But it's a powerful one. When we come back, I want to talk with you about old Beatles song, Come Together. I want to talk with you about let's take a look at the first steps to doing this. What could that look like? How do we begin to heal? Even if you're the one getting beat up by the gang, how do you then look at that race of people in the world today and open your heart to love? How do you do that? Let's take a short break. We'll be right back. Dr. Lisa Collins is in the house. Hey, by the way, we're taking your questions, comments, 1-800-930-281 more. When we come back, we're going to be talking with her. Yeah. Now we know this, where does, how does, who does the healing? Let's take a short break, everybody. We'll be right back. Want to ignite your best life full of joy, passion, and purpose? Then join me, Stephanie James, for The Spark, Wednesday nights, 6 o'clock Pacific Time, 9 o'clock Eastern, on TransformationTalkRadio.com, and learn how together we can illuminate the world. Learn more on stephaniejames.world. The best is yet to come. Champion your life with me, Leanne Champion. First and third Wednesdays at 1 p.m. Pacific Time on TransformationTalkRadio.com. That new gym membership might help you get fit, but what about emotional fitness? Jump into the rushing waters of personal growth. Don't waste another minute feeling unfulfilled. Visit ChampionYourLife.com and let's do this together. It's time to get your life back. 
on Burn Bright Today with Jennifer Marcinelli. Tune in each month on TransformationTalkRadio.com. Learn to move from the darkness of burning out to the light of burning bright. Jennifer is redefining stress and the energetic causes of burnout, shining a light on process to get your life back. For more information about Jennifer and her work, visit BurnBrightToday.com. Are you feeling lost in this journey we call life? When you awaken the truth of your patterns, limitations, and beliefs, you can start to heal relationship with yourself, others, and your circumstances. I'm Ritika Rose, life coach, author, and speaker. My mission is to help you align with your most powerful, authentic self and transform how you experience your inner and outer world. Find the confidence and peace to live the highest version of your life. Visit RitikaRose.com. Parenting isn't about perfection. I think we all know that. Parenting is about being present and honest, having compassion for your child and for yourself, communicating consciously and loving unconditionally. Tune in to The Awakened Parent Project with Susan Dolce every first and third Tuesday at noon Pacific on TransformationTalkRadio.com. Learn to be an empowered parent through the techniques of the conscious parenting community. To learn more about Susan, visit SusanDolce.com. Healing has a ripple effect. One person's healing affects everyone around them. This is where the power of sharing our stories can be so important. Tune in to Playing on the Edge Radio with Megan Edge each month on Transformation Talk Radio as Megan provides you with ways of sustaining radical and powerful changes in your life. Enact the power of radical change. To find out more about Megan Edge, visit her website at meganedge.ca. Hey, everybody. I love it. Welcome back. Welcome back. I'm so thrilled to have you uh, join us here today. Of course, uh, getting to know Dr. Lisa Collins is very, very special. It's really an honor. Um, Today, this is one of the conversations that we're taking on that is really linked to so many more healing from racial trauma. We just gave you an outline of what it looks like, what it feels like. Dr. Lisa, before we keep going, how do people find you? What's your website? How do they find you on social media? The whole deal. You can find me at educationthroughengagement.com. All of my information is there. I have a podcast. It's called Love and Light, Living Every Day in Peace with Dr. Lisa. You can find me there actually later on today at one (laughs) o'clock. I love it. Um, you got a bunch of quotes on your website too, and I'm going to get to those in, in a minute. But one of them, I got to really talk to, uh, and and then I want to jump into what we do about healing. And it's the quote from uh, Nelson Mandela: "Education is the most powerful weapon which you can use to change the world." See, let's talk about that because education slash awareness. Like, I think awareness could come first, right? Like, oh, I'm aware that, wait a minute, uh, I may be a racist. Okay, I got that. Oh, wait, I might be homophobic. How do I know that? Okay, guy guy comes into my store and I don't want to sell him a cake. Okay, (laughs) see, right? I mean, that's a real story. You know, you get a gay couple want to buy a cake for their ceremony, for their marriage. And they're like, nope, we're not making you a wedding cake. That's awareness. How do we go from awareness to the healing? What have you learned and what are you teaching people? Um, Yes, that's a great question. 
What I learned is based on my own experience. The first thing I had to do was find a healing community of support. I had to stop and really reflect and be honest about what was going on. I was being mistreated on a regular basis. And I needed to go to people who could, the healing community community of support part is going to people who can hear you and hold space for you, for you to talk about what's going on. Not tell you that it's wrong. They call it an interpersonal neurobiology attunement, right? right. So you, they, they, can, they can be with you. They can hold that space and you can talk about it. Then I had to connect with myself spiritually. I really needed to do like meditation and connect with my body and exercise and just kind of ground myself in who are you? And when I hear voices that tell me, um, you know, you look fat in that dress, whose voice is that? Because that's not my voice. <laughs> oh my God, you had to bring that thing up, Dr. Lisa. Out of everything you could have brought up today, right? Yeah, let's bring that one on. <laughs> oh, but I really, from there, moved on to, I, I went to life coaching. And in the life coaching, um, conscious freedom life coaching, I was taught to look in the shadows and see where the shadows were driving me. Only after I did that work of my life, my childhood, then I looked at the racial trauma. And then I started picking up those tools on how to live every day and be, be strategic about what I did and how I moved forward. So anyone who works with me, they will say, I'm going to be strategic because I tell them step back, be strategic because the system we're swimming in it. We're in, it's in the water. We're swimming in it. Yeah. And let's define for people what we mean by strategic, because people don't realize that every minute of every day, we have a strategy somewhere in our mind and then we enact it. We just don't call it that. Right. We don't come out and say, Oh, I'm going to be strategic, but, but, but wait a minute. Right. Like I was talking to a friend of mine and she's like, you know what, here's what I got to do. We're all going back to work. Some of the kids are back to school, but now we have these new guidelines. So I have to get up in the morning and here's the way I plan it. When I go to bed at night, I'm looking at tomorrow. I got to get up in the morning. I got to give Mary her blueberry gluten-free muffin. Then I got to give him his glass of milk. And then that's all by seven thirty. This is like, she's saying this to me, right? Cause I asked one little question. She got nobody to talk to. She has nobody to talk to Dr. Lisa. So I asked like one question, how are you? And, and, <laughs> He goes to, and I'm going to do this and I'm going to do that. Then what happens is then I go take my shower while they're eating and I'll go and take my shower. I come down, blah, blah, blah. I'm, this is what I'm doing. Instead of working from home now, now I got to pack myself up, get into the office on time because I got a meeting that my boss planned for 7.30 in the morning, right? So we know how to be strategic. We just don't know how to use those skills to heal ourselves. Absolutely. Absolutely. So strategic on the example that I gave earlier about going to pick up my food, yeah, by the time boy. that the young man came back over, I'm feeling some kind of way now. Now I'm, I'm, I'm upset and I'm not acting nice. And I had to stop because of all the work I've done. I said, wait a minute, you weren't feeling like this before. Oh, you're not being treated correctly. Now I have choices. The freedom is in the choices. No kidding. That is I the only choices. freedom we really have. To, you know that, right? Mm -hmm. that's my two cents on it anyway it's the a freedom to the choose mm -hmm. right and i decided like i could write a letter i could say give me my money back so mm -hmm. the person who gave me my food i talked to them and i said oh geez i gotta go write a letter and then i just called the manager 
and had a conversation. But if I didn't have what I call in my work, racial regulation, gender regulation, whatever, however you present in the world, sometimes our European American friends want to step up and help us. You don't need to carry us. An advocate is someone who steps up at the time at the counter saying she was here first. That's an advocate. That's what we need you to do. We don't need you to carry us. We don't need you to pay our mortgage. We don't need you to do that. We need you to step up in the space when you see what's happening. And for you to see, you have to pull back the curtain. You know, I want to talk to you about this a little bit because what you're saying is so important. And it's important because we don't even understand what you just said. (laughs) I'm sorry. I'm going to get a little real with you right now. That's true. Um, Most people don't even understand what you just said. They're like, what did she just say? You don't want me to help you? No, that's not what that's not what you said. What you said in my terms is if you are seeing a group in your neighborhood out with signs and it is says Black Lives Matter, you could decide, do I go and join them or not? Look at we saw this in Portland. We saw the women and the moms show up and they got some kind of strange name for these moms they gave them. But we saw people show up. Great. You showed up once. Where, where'd you go? Where, Hello. Where, where'd you go? <laughs> where are um, you? And what you're talking about is you have to do it in the moment. You have to do it in the moment. I, I don't know if you heard me talk about this, but here in the Pacific Northwest, I, um, and this was, what do you call it? Trigger, trauma trigger. Mm-hmm. I play a sport that involves quite a few Asian people, but it involves people of all color. I told you my coach was from Ghana. In the past year, I watched my friends in the community walk down the street and get beat up for nothing except they looked Asian. And I thought, my God, I thought we I thought we had moved on from this. But we didn't. No. And What I've had to learn, and I don't know it, is I don't know my boundaries. Now, clearly, I'm the one that got Sam and myself and two of the people locked up that day. Because I didn't understand that me opening my big mouth and just spewing, you don't have the right to do that. You shouldn't touch him like that. Got us arrested. I didn't know that. I think that's the big ticket. That's the big ticket. You when I learned, arrested? I didn't like not, being not getting arrested. <laughs> but that, that I didn't like. <laughs> no, I, I don't like that either. Swimming and settler colonialism. Yeah. What is settler colonialism? That all the tenants, logics, narratives are already set, and we have picked up someone else's narratives. We have to interrupt the narratives, but we're swimming in the lake or the ocean that all the narratives are one story that's the strategic part that's when you step back and say okay i see everyone's walking down the street with signs what am i going to do how am i going to have impact one way is not having a black friend i just want to put that out there having a black friend one black friend is not it a line from a movie or something i think that that, that's one of those famous lines from a movie no that's not it that's not it 
But here's where you have to come in because we're dealing with all of us over here being like super ignorant. And then I, I was talking to Anita the other day. I said, you know, there's two kinds of not knowing. One is systemic stupidity and the other one is systemic ignorance. And Anita looked at me and said, what does that mean? I said, look, systemic stupidity is when you know better and you just don't do it because you know better. Systemic ignorance is what we have used as a pass to say, Dr. Lisa, I didn't know. I didn't know. I didn't know. I didn't know. And that's why, and that's why I use the strategies for trauma awareness and resilience as yes. a grounding place. Yeah. And Donna Hicks work in dignity as a starting place. Yeah. We let's, start there. Let's talk about this. I want to skip the break. Uh, if we could, because part of this has a spiritual foundation for, all, for at least my journey, my spiritual awakenings, because I had to have a few, I just really slow in this area. But those kinds of things open my eyes, but open my heart. See, it's hard for me to understand strategies for trauma, awareness and resilience, without talking with you about spiritual wellness. Can you tell us how you build that in? Well, it's, it's part of it, right? Because anytime <laughs> we come together, one, two, three of us, and our hearts and nervous systems are connecting, spirit is working, whether we think so or not. So part of us coming together saying, okay, we want to heal, we want to memorialize, mm. we want to reconnect with ourselves, we want to work on transformative and restorative justice with ourselves, and then with other people who have harmed us or who are in community with us. The spiritual part is sitting still and listening. Stop, as my friend Kathy Lewis said on my show the other day, stop, ask, and listen. We do not slow down. We're running. Look, I'll sh can I give you an example of ignorance and you can help out with this? Yes. Back in 2006 or seven. It was one of those years, six or seven. Um, I talked to Rabbi Ted and I said to Rabbi Ted, hey, look, you guys need to do a show with us, right? And Rabbi Ted talked to uh, Jamal and talked to Don and they started believe, seven, 2007. And I was told, by the way, and I don't know that this is true, but I was told that this was one of the first interfaith shows done these three got together rabbi ted falcon brother jamal Rahman, and reverend don mckenzie rabbi jewish jamal muslim don christian do a show i'm like excited about it and then i they went on to write books the emails i got for my show back then, what am I doing with that guy on air? Mm -hmm. Brother Jamal. Mm -hmm. I didn't even get it. I didn't know who they were talking about. Mm -hmm. Have we moved beyond that? Please tell me we have. Please <laughs> give me something. Please give me something <laughs> other than white people thinking they could pick strawberries in a strawberry field in California. It's really down to the basic instinct of survival. 
people think it's a pie. If I give you some of my pie, Dr. Pat, that means I don't have pie. And so it's, it's all, it's in the interpersonal neurobiology It's down in the explicit and implicit memories. So what we hear, what I hear when I hear that is I just hear fear. Yeah. I just hear yeah. fear and our vibration here is so low. We must raise to a higher vibration. Just imagine if all of us stayed on a higher vibration, what we could do is we can change the world literally. Yeah. I, okay. I'm going to do it. I promised Benny and Jessica. And also I promised everybody I wouldn't do the quote again, but I got to do it again from a very popular blockbuster box office movie, but it's really old. It's 1965 as a book. Fear is the mind killer, but here's what I add to it. Fear is the mind killer, but hate is the heart killer. Yes. We've got to heal this in ways that we've not used before, right? Didn't Einstein say that, Dr. Lisa? Didn't Einstein say, look, man, you got the problem. You created it over here. Look, dude, you can't solve it over here, right? That's right. We can't use a systemic um, issue to, to solve something that's systemic. That's why our heart, spirit is working with us and it is all about connecting the head and the heart and the gut. And when people come through, I see people are changed. They are changed. I want to ask you this. You teach this. I do. What is exciting you most now at what you're seeing? See, we don't talk enough about the students. We don't talk enough about what you are seeing in the momentum, in the change, or not, right? but you see their eyes, you see their hearts mm. change. Describe what that's like for us if you could, right? I'm not saying everybody, right? But let's talk about those that go through this process with you. Tell us what that looks like. It's, a, it's super exciting because what I see is people's lights coming on. I had one gentleman say to me, you know, my whole life, I've always identified as a white man. Yeah. He says, I'm, I'm Jewish. He says, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a Jewish person and I haven't claimed my identity. I had another student say, I, I don't know who I am. Am I what people tell me I am? <laughs> he goes, I have to have some more reflection. And I've had people say like, I want to be better. And they're constantly leaning in. Well, if I have a lot of power as a white woman, I want to use my power for the good. Mm -hmm. So I'm seeing people wake up, realize their racial consciousness, their own epistemology. Where am I situated in this world and how can I help? Mm -hmm. And they reach out to me. I had a call right before this one saying, wow. help me with this. And then we're able to talk through. We're able to talk through and come up with a plan mm -hmm. on how to care for people and how to move it forward. You know, this is really a thing. Um, I think, I, I don't know if I share this with you, but figuring out who we are is really important. See, I, I grew up most of my life and I thought I understood my ethnicity. I thought I understood it. But I learned in my family, thanks to my, my birth mom writing some letters and my stepmom actually not burning them. Mm -hmm. But I learned after my dad died quite a few things. And I went back to my uncle and I asked him, but then comes this ancestry thing, that ancestry 
like when you can put your tree deal together and you mm -hmm. then. And my friend was doing a little thing for us, about 40 of us go away once a year, not COVID, but before COVID. And she had the whole genealogy up on the, 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 like the projector. And I was like, I don't want to do it. I don't want to know. I was like, I was at a place where I just, there's so many lies in my family. God knows what you're going to put up there. And Lou said to me, well, let's not look at your dad's side. Let's look at your mom's side. And I figured that, that damn, that's safe. Let's put up the mama's side of the family. Well, she puts that thing up and boom, my grandfather's birth certificate, born in Brazil. I am still trying to figure that out. And then you can Google people and you see all the people in South America, like they got your name. Hmm. So figuring out who we are is important, but figuring out that that information, that shouldn't change who I am. It should embrace it. It should enhance it. See, isn't that what you're teaching? See, we don't have to be one or the other. Why can't we be at all, Dr. Lisa? We can. We need to love ourselves first before we can love anyone else. And we truly have to be human. We're spiritual people having a human experience. We're letting the human experience in the world dominate what we're doing. No, we have it <laughs> twisted. It's backwards. Yeah. Yeah. Um, let's talk about living in love and light here in the last couple of minutes we have left, because that is your show. Um, that is what you do, but it's also a portal for helping others. See, living in love and light is a portal. Now I got to tell you, after I got over the shock and I started to get emails that were in a language, I asked my table tennis buddy from Brazil. I said, like, dude, what does this say? It's Spanish. He says, no, that's not Spanish. That's Portuguese. He said, no, that's Portuguese. I said, oh, okay. What does it say? He said, the, the, the guy is asking you if you're a family. Mm. So let's talk about entering and engaging in awareness and change from love and light from your perspective. We do have to help each other. And sometimes we don't know how. We don't know. I think love and light is an, an excellent place to start because the kind of guests that I bring on are people who are actually doing it. Different people who are actually living in love and light, different, different ways of making community, all different. You can intersect how, however you want. Wherever you are on this journey, you could intersect. You just have to be willing and lean in. Lots of resources, but more than anything, it's living every day in peace. You know if you're living in peace or not. Oh, my God. If you're not, you maybe you want to tune in. <laughs> well, let's talk about the show. Right, because today the show is on at one o'clock on Transformation Talk Radio, everybody. Um, and you're taking on a topic healing a story of oneness, right? I am. I'm gonna talk about what we're we're talking about at a more personal level yeah. and give examples and just kind of spell out how I really walked on this healing journey around race and how I'll help other people through multiple avenues to do the same. And yeah, and that's one o'clock on transformationtalkradio.com. And also, if you go to facebook.com, Transformation Talk Radio, it's over there. I want to know, like, I know I got a couple of minutes left, but I got to hear you talk about it. I got to hear your vision. I really want to hear almost like, you know, Dr. Lisa Collins' imaginary, beautiful, strategic vision. Like, take us out there in the Dr. Lisa Collins world. 
So there's a there's a couple of things that are kind of already in the works. One is there's um, the healing community of coming to the table. Coming to the table is racial reconciliation. So that's been a uh, group has been started in Portland. There's the uh, building resilience trauma identification tool that I've created for kids that kids can take it and it includes race and they can take this tool. It's on Mundo Pato. Um, it's on the cloud. There's my film. Um, and I use, I'm a playwright. More films will be coming from me, more plays about racial healing and having that conversation. And then there's the life coaching for people of color by people of color and also supporting um, our European American friends on how do we heal ourselves and then come together in community. Mm. I see it coming. I see an app coming. There's a book coming out before Christmas. It's, it's happening. Wow. You know, it's so cool to chat with you. And there's so much to really, you know, what did you say? Pull the cheat back, pull the mask off, whatever you want to call it. You notice I always keep a mask in my room just to remind me. Um, what's your personal message? What do you want to leave us with here, Dr. Lisa? I would say love yourself like you're your best friend. Yeah. Treat yourself well. And I have hope in that. Well said. And one more time, how do people find out about you? How do they listen to your past shows? All of the above, please. And thank you, can, you so much. Thank you so much, Dr. Pat, for having me on. Transformational Talk Radio, Love and Light with Dr. Lisa. Lisa C. Healing and Instagram, educationthroughengagement.com. You can find me and be connected. And what I want to say to all of you, starting is the first step. Just that. I'm not going to tell you how to start, but I'm going to say starting. Have a new openness, a new freedom, a new awareness, and a new meaning to know you can choose the next time you hear, see, witness someone not being treated respectfully, and you don't do something. Just think about that. Just take that with you for the moment. Take a short break, everybody. Thank you, Dr. Lisa. We'll be right back. <laughs> 